man who put Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a very good day. Welcome, everybody, here in Spain. It's the 30th of May 2022. Should be the same on Wirral Merseyside. Let me tell you, the weather here is glorious. It's uh, got very clear definition on the mountain. We've got, uh, oh, the garden really does look good with all the colours, blues, reds, yellows, greens, purples. It uh, looks absolutely wonderful. And uh, the sky is real, is reasonably blue without many clouds about but i believe there might be a bit of weather in between here and the uk according to the weather maps anyway let's go and see what it's like while we fly for a couple of hours and land at uh, john lennon airport and travel across to wirral merseyside where yesterday i was watching a magnificent and i don't use the word lightly a magnificent return of Liverpool Football Club um, and it was about three or four hours long. This morning we have the Real Madrid team coming down very sedately in their coach um, going down the wide streets of Madrid and they'll be ending up at the cathedral. Liverpool have got two cathedrals but I think the furthest thought from anybody's mind was to actually go and say thank you for giving us a good season but that's just the way life is. Spain we do still have the attention of the church and um, all the cardinals and archbishops and what whatever dignitaries they could muster are all outside gathered on the steps of the cathedral. So we'll go to the little cathedral in, on Wirral Merseyside where resides Archbishop Don Woods. Don, <laughs> very good day. Welcome to you. How are you? What's your weather like? I'm OK, Vince. Uh, the weather's cold or cool. We haven't had very good weather. Um, it, it, the sun's warm, but the wind's cool. So if you get out this out the wind, you can do a bit of sunbathing. But it's not it's not like the weather you've had. It's not forty. I was speaking to a lady the other day who, who, whose friends had just come back from um, Benidorm, right? And they said uh, it was forty degrees, boiling hot, and that night uh, they were they were fighting in the streets and the pubs. She said, you know, she's never going back there again. But, of course, it's that season, isn't it, at the moment where everybody tends to get a bit drunk. I think uh, later on you're probably better after September. Well, let me... She, was, let she me, wasn't impressed, you know. Yeah, let me quickly tell you that there are very, very few Spaniards that seem to go out and fight in the streets. Believe yeah, it wasn't them. It, was, it wasn't Spaniards. Mm. It was us lot. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's a phenomenon that is very difficult to... Uh, immediately see but when you then realize that people drink differently out here um, you only have to look at uh, various aspects of life in Spain to realize that uh, there's some very very uh, professional and very very strong uh, guys that go around they will have their beers when they're certainly building all day in that sort of heat um, and, you, you know, it, it's just a different thing that the Brits seem to get there. Not just the Brits, by the way. The Belgians seem to do it. The Dutch seem to do it. The Germans seem to do it. Um, funny enough, the French don't seem to. And certainly... Yes. 
this this lady's old, you see. She's well, I'm not saying old. She's like like me in her seventies. See, and I think the thing is, the time for our age group to go now would be September. I think you know. Yeah, I agree on. with you. I, I I agree. I think if you go early and late. Um, certainly, I would not be seen. Well, mind you, May is normally not a bad time. I think, obviously, yeah. with uh, all the uh, the pandemic and Brexit and everything else, everything's confused again. But normally, the 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 May and June months tends to be young families. Now, obviously, if they're still in school, half term, we get an in- influx. But the older people that are here living most of the year, um, they might go back during, say, uh, August and September, July, August and September. They, they would be, no, July and August, probably. That Those are the two really hot months. They're not pleasant. And we've had a taste of what it was going to be. What, what it will be like um, the last week because it gets very very hot and yeah. it becomes quite you have to you have to live differently it's what you've got to learn to do you know and so you don't go out and drink in in the daytime which is probably what most of the Brits do yeah, you know do, yeah. the Spanish yeah. don't do that you see they're all busy and uh, those of us that have lived here long enough realize that you stay indoors or you do um, things like go to the shopping malls and places like that where it's cooler, you know. So yeah, uh, you've yeah. got to live differently, and um, it is a different way of life, but vive la différence. Um, Don, tell us about these terrible, um, ridiculous queues at the airports, etc. Well, uh, we had half-term coupled with the match in Paris. So all the... Liverpool fans, um, even one of them, even uh, f- thinking all the time, what a, cra- a, a, a gang of lads uh, uh, flew to Jersey and and hired a speedboat and um, <laughs> shot over to Paris, which I thought was very good thinking. So they missed it all. But y- you've got Dover. There was miles of queues, miles and miles. And the airports with flights cancelled. And you see, I know people, it's the only time people can go away. But they all, they all do it at the same time. They must go abroad. They must go abroad. You know, I, I don't know. Well, that, that, that's up to them. But the cancelled flights, you know, then, then we had the pandemonium of these and, and the police tear gas with the Liverpool fans where they were left with a defeat which is really hard to take in the Euro final you know it it was the weekend it was like it was like war you know when you look at it all and of course they're looking into it now why the police were so rough handed with the, with the fans outside I mean I watched the match it didn't start till half an hour later no. because I don't know what was going on outside there was something about counterfeit tickets or something you see, but but you only hear one side of the story, don't you? You know, and the trouble is, when the fans, you get a load of idiot fans or, or over-the-top fans, the ones who aren't that way get pulled in, you see. And you had a woman with her, her, her family, you know, getting pulled into all this. And people trying to climb over the barriers, you know, and the, and the police were... I was thinking it's just as well it wasn't in Russia, otherwise he'd have been shot. 
wouldn't they? I think the, the way the thing is, you know. But I, I thought it was a little bit of a damp squib for the for the end of the season game, really. Which tactically, Liverpool should have won. Really, you know. I mean, the, the goalie, the, the, the Real's goalie, played a blinder. I don't think he's ever played like that in his life. No, he, ha- he he has because he used to play for Chelsea. He's a Belg- yeah. he's a Belgian lad called Courtois. And yeah. to be fair, um, if you look at the statistics, which tell you that Liverpool had twenty, I think it was twenty four shots on target. Real Madrid had four, or it was twenty, and Real Madrid had four. You could see that Liverpool certainly played. They played magnificently. I think. Look. Don, I'm yeah, going uh, let, let me offer you another point of view. Uh, I've watched Liverpool all season. I feel very proud of that group of players. They've played exceptionally well. Uh, they've lost by one point only the Premier League. And that doesn't mean that Manchester City should go doing all the crowing and the usual sort of stupid comments Two fine teams at the top of a fine uh, league of professional footballers. Great to see, great to follow. Then we also got the two cups and also we get to the final of the Champions League where we play a team who are magnificent. But going to look at the finances of both Manchester City and Real Madrid, Liverpool are well down when it comes to spending. So you then ask the question, you know, is it just really about a lot of money as well? Well, I don't think it is because it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't get your players playing well, you can see through Manchester United's season that, you know, if you've got players like Ronaldo, uh, who is a brilliant player, um, and they just really don't play and function well, you've got to put it down to the management of the club and its players. Liverpool lost by a single point the Premier League, and they lost by a single goal in a very interesting, if not brilliant, uh, final. I think they did English football proud. Having said that, is it really English football? No, it isn't. It's international football. I'm fed up with all the globalisation. It's making everything sort of very, very difficult to really attribute the real uh, proper praise to people. Um, You know, the um, Real Madrid managed by an Italian manager were managed by a German manager. The uh, Manchester City managed by a Catalan manager. I mean, the whole thing really is not just about Liverpool Football Club and Real Madrid Football Club. It's about the money. And for me, I've had a great season I've loved watching my football team play. I think they've conducted themselves exceptionally well. We've hardly seen a bad foul all, all year from our players. I don't think we've had many sent. I don't think we've had anybody sent off this year. Very, 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 very good, clean, fair play. No, I'm very proud of what they've done, and I loved the celebrations yesterday because I watched it. Um, it brought me back some tremendous memories. By the way. I used to go from the Liverpool University, I used to go up uh, Mather Avenue and I used to play for the university staff team up there and, um, you know, it evoked great memories of a great period of time when Liverpool were a superb team then and, of course, this was before you could even really talk about, um, you know, Real Madrid 14 times they've won this trophy 
Liverpool have actually won at six. And with the money that yeah. Liverpool, with the disparity in the money, I think they've done exceptionally well. No, I'm, I'm very happy, very proud. And I think that um, I think the city and the club should be very proud of themselves. Good. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Vince Tracy. Hey, I've got it's a... Just, I've it's got just a... a football match to me, mate. And in my, in my view, with sport, and I've played a lot of it, you win or you lose. You know, you, you don't come second. And it was a shame, really. I thought if they'd have won that, that would have been the icing on the cake. I know it doesn't matter, but, you know, to me, they should have won. You know, they should have won by about four or five goals, you know, at the end of the day, looking at the match. But the man man of the match match uh, was the goalkeeper. So I think, really, you you can't be... When when somebody's on... You've been a goalkeeper... even so, they spent the whole time in the in the goal in the goal area, didn't they? I know, I know what you're saying, but you know that that that's that was there. To me, it was it was a shame that they didn't win that, and all the celebrations. And I didn't watch the celebrations, uh, but I, I know that it's fantastic. They they've won two things out of four. That's basically it. If they'd have won that, that would have been the icing on the cake to me. I think you know, he... I, I was. Disappointed at the end. I think the more worrying thing is that people are overlooking a bigger picture. I don't mean us, by the way. Uh, I think the thing is, if you hand over the uh, access to a stadium to robots and artificial artificial intelligence, and then apparently we'll find out whether this is actually true, but apparently the fake tickets then, when somebody goes along and a lot of the uh, what they say are fake tickets it's things like showing a code to another machine so that the barrier opens and then you come and apparently those barriers didn't open and so the french police immediately blame the liverpool fans why probably because it's a british club coming across if it had been a french club with french supporters Probably it might have been a totally different story, but we don't well, know. We don't well, know. Liverpool are marked, aren't they? You know, they always have been. See, even on the the um, the, the cup final, didn't the, didn't one of the lads run on and punch, punch the manager? You see, that they it's the it's those that get the publicity. That's what annoys me about the media. It's it's the odd one that runs on the field and punches somebody. The others ran on the field and they were just congratulating the players. But you see, oh, it's Liverpool. Oh. See, it's always had bad press for some strange reason. You know, people just, you know, the, the, the media outside Liverpool don't seem to like them very much. You know, they're, they're targeted. You see, that's the thing. And people, oh, well, it's typical Liverpool fans. They're no different to any other fans. Don, Don I've got it's to... In- I've got to interrupt a minute because the incident where the player ran and headbutted the captain of the other team was Sheffield United versus Nottingham Forest. Uh, yeah, not, no, wasn't uh, that one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in that case, then it, it, nothing's happened. Nobody. I don't think anybody's punched um, Jurgen Klopp. I don't think. No, it wasn't him. It was the manager of the other team. Oh, now you're th- you're thinking of uh, probably the Crystal Palace. Uh, when when they went to Everton, yeah. 
and one of the Everton fans was was taunting uh, Patrick Vieira, right. the manager. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. no, I've got to make sure that we get the fact right because otherwise people yeah. will be complaining and saying we're talking. Rubbish, oh yeah. You know. yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not fucking. I I love the place. I love the team. I love both teams, Everton. You know, but but the the, the when you look at the press. They seem to come down a bit on Liverpool. I always remember that um, what, what's his name? He's on in the morning now uh, on the morning news. Manchester lad. He, he and I, rem- I always remember him when, when they were doing the thing from Albert Dock, the news in the past. He was talking about and somebody got mugged and he was from Liverpool and he, and he put his head up and I'm thinking that's on the television. Yeah. You know, Liverpool's no different to anywhere else. Well, that's fact. Better than everywhere else, but uh, you know, it, it, it. I don't know. It, 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 you seem to get that feeling that that there's that bad press. You know, I don't know. You get the feel when you live here. You get that feeling that you know you're sort of frowned upon a bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm back wrong. In, maybe I'm back wrong. in the 80s. Um, I was on the radio in France, 1987, I think it was. Um, uh, no, 1986 it would have been uh, when we had the Heisel disaster. Now, yeah. I'm doing English and French on, on the programme that I was presenting in the afternoon in a place called Morley, or just near Morley. And basically, I had people phoning in saying, why are all the British hooligans? And, yeah, I, I, and I'm saying, I'm saying to them, no, all the British aren't hooligans, and certainly all the Liverpudlians aren't hooligans. I said, it is hooligans using football and they are kidding people. They are badly behaving, and they are then trying to blame yeah. it on football. And similarly, down when I'm giving English classes down in Benidorm, um, and people were saying, why do all the English drink and, and puke and uh, you know cause all this sort of aggravation? And I'm saying, it's not all English people. Don't generalise. It's a small minority of people who don't know how to behave. That's- that's right. I, 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 I live here. I, I live here and it's great. I wouldn't live anywhere else, to be honest. I never, I've always lived here all my life. And it's a fantastic place. You know, both sides of the river are fantastic yeah. to me. You know, but y- y- you can feel that sort of... That's that the, the media, you know, they're, they're looking for stuff all the time. And the people are great. They're no different to anywhere else. And as I say, they're better than everywhere else to me. You know, I think but, it's envy. It's the Northerners. Oh, the Northerners, you know, as if, like, we're any different to anyone else. You know, it's it's envy, John, uh, Don. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. It yeah, is envy. Right. It's because, basically, yeah. if you go back to the times when we were growing up, most of the better and best comedies <laughs> used to yeah. come from either Liverpool or Manchester. Yeah. And, and there is something about that little peninsula that you live on, where I used to live, are great cities of Liverpool and Manchester, and that uh, little um, peninsula that runs between those two cities, the marvellous history that comes out of that area clearly depicts the the genuine um, sharpness of the minds that live there. Look at your history books, everybody, and look at the amount of things that have happened in Liverpool or Manchester, many of them coming via Wirral. And you will find that that is why people are, are, are very envious. 
because um, in football terms, to have Liverpool, Manchester United and Manchester City, I, I don't mention uh, Everton in this particular comment because they haven't achieved what those three clubs have achieved. So I think we'll leave it there and we'll go to one of your favourite topics because I know the British people, just as they've been trying to have a go at Liverpool in yet another different way, there's somebody that turned up in Liverpool with his tousled hair, looking like a very overweight Wurzel Gummidge, um, and he upset the Liverpudlians, and that's why they don't buy the Sun newspaper. Who are we talking about? Tell us about Boris again, please. Well, it's still on the news. Headline news, Boris and his Christmas party. Will we ever move on? See, I was talking to a chap yesterday and he said, oh, yeah, the point is, though, we don't want the country run by a load of drunks if Putin decides to, 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 to get, attack us all and they're all drunk. I said, well, it's not now they're talking about Christmas. We're talking, and they have a bit of a party, which is wrong. You know, it's absolutely wrong. But move on. You know, they're not still doing it, I'm assuming. You know, I'm just sick and tired of the media. And they had a, a woman on, um, on, the, on the thing uh, outside, on the news outside number 10. And saying, and now it's over to whoever he was in the studio. And he starts talking. They cut him off straight away and go straight back to this woman who says, oh, the Prime Minister's just arrived here and he's going in and, and she turns round and shouts to him, are you going to resign, Prime Minister? And she, he just walks in and ignores her, quite rightly so. You know, move on. It's, it, it, it's I don't know, it's just so boring. And, 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 the, and the, the Labour Party, all they do is criticise. Oh, Boris Johnson's got to go. Boris Johnson should resign. I mean, maybe they're right. I don't know. I'm not politically minded. I couldn't care less. They're all the same as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, they don't come up with any any other plan. You know, they don't suggest anything. You get someone comes on the television, another MP has added his name to, uh, to, to say Boris Johnson should resign. And his face is on. Oh, I've got my face on the telly. You know, what is it with them all? Get on with the job. Let's get things sorted out in the country. We're all paying a fortune for petrol and everything. And, and you say that and people say, oh, it's nothing to do with that. I don't care. I don't know what it's to do with. All I know is I'm paying a fortune for petrol and a fortune for beer. I don't drink outside now. I drink at home. And, you know, and all they're getting is the Christmas party. They're, sort of, they're, they're more worried about that than anything else by the, by the, the news. Of course, the, the media are just uh, looking for scraping for news, as we know. But, you know, nobody comes up with anything else. I mean, well, OK, he let, let him resign. Who's going to take his place? No, they don't say that. Or, or, or if Labour took over the government, God help us all, you know, with, with the, the, some of the types there. I don't know. But that's what we're getting on the news. Don. And it, oh, it's over. You know, it's over. Move on. Don. Let's get these news. Let, let me offer another point of view because I'm watching what's going on from another country. Now, obviously, uh, Britain is a country of greatness. Don't know what 
you know, whether or not it's sunk into a lot of other people. But we've had an attack on the British way of life for a long time. I saw it back practically at the year 2000. I'd had enough of it. I came away on a journey to try and find out more about what's going on. Because, quite frankly, it was obvious that things were happening that shouldn't have been happening. For example, when we first came to uh, the continent and started going to places like France and we'd be travelling round and we had the, um, uh, the Maastricht Treaty. Now, the Maastricht Treaty was giving lots of information to the French people uh, on the radios that we weren't getting in Britain. And therefore, you think to yourself, well, why isn't Britain getting all this information? And then we look at other things like, for example, the amount of time it took for Britain to be allowed to enter. Let's be honest about the, the title of what they entered, the common market. They didn't join the great European design to try and become the United States of Europe. So we now had a third block in the world against the likes of um, Russia or China. I mean, th this was never part of why I came to live out here or any of the British people I've ever spoken to. They just did not want anything like that. It makes sense to trade with the rest of Europe. Of course it does. But it doesn't make sense to have um, a, a European army. Uh, we've got uh, uh, nuclear weapons in both England and or the UK and France, and nobody talked about uh, who would have managed those had uh, you know it all marched onto the Treaty of Portugal, which was where it was going. At the moment, you've got somebody who's trying to make Brexit work. What is the opportunity of France to try and put a spanner in the works? Well, we've got Liverpool coming over. I see it quite clearly. I think yeah. these things are all connected. And I remember reading somebody who I admired. He's very successful, this person. And he said, successful people are people who can join up the dots. And I didn't get this at first. And then now I'm finding it more and more. The dots are there to be joined up. You know, if you can get a speedboat and go from uh, Jersey across to France without any problems, you can see quite clearly um, that, you know, there the should really be something that should stop these things happening. You know, I mean, I'm very, <laughs> it, it, it tickled me to think somebody had done that. But I mean, you know, it, it, somebody must, they must have beached somewhere and, and walked into France without being challenged. You know, I mean, the thing is, um, the, the business with these tickets, the trouble again, artificial intelligence. And if you go back to uh, just for a minute or two with the tickets, you've got people like Jason McAteer who used to play for Liverpool. He was on the TV last night and he was saying his wife was mugged and his son was beaten up. He was clearly visibly shaken. That sort of, that sort of thing shouldn't be happening. There were all sorts of people who would look educated. They weren't thugs. They weren't soccer hooligans. These were people who basically have been caught up in an event that should never have happened. But, you see, we've got this wonderful technology. You send me a ticket on a telephone. I then take the ticket that you've sent me and show it to the machine at the turnstile, and the turnstile doesn't work. Everybody gets agitated. The match is about ready to start, and there'll be a few that want to try and 
see if there's another way in and they'll climb over the turnstiles as an idea. So what's the answer to that? We come out and pepper spray everybody. And so the um, presser there again, looking, I saw the picture first of a little lad, 12-year-old I think he is or something like that, and uh, you know, rubbing his eyes. And it looked like he had hardly got anything in it. It looked totally contrived. And then funnily enough, I saw the action that the stillard was, was taken from that was on the news this morning. And you can see quite clearly the kids have, it's gone nowhere near him. It's probably, you know, everybody else is rubbing their eyes, so he's rubbed his eyes. So, yeah, you know, they yeah. make that. The, 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 the whole thing, there's more to this than meets the eye, Don. Mark my words. You, you hear me say this time and time again. There's something bigger going on for everybody. Don't forget... I'll say the word again because I know that it makes you laugh. So I'll get a I'll get a nice smile from you. The communists are there in numbers. They're not going to say, "Hey, we're going to print some tickets that uh, you know you can maybe find a false, or we get we'll find a way of getting all the unions to go on strike and give you a rail strike and an air strike and every other strike you can get your hands on." And uh, small groups of idiots connected to these communist extremists who go and um, you know, go down to the fuel depot at a time that you can't afford it to happen. There is a bigger picture. I don't know it, but my suspicion is that that is some of what is going on. Don, I I feel very proud of where I come from. I don't hide behind uh, an anonymity and British passport and all this. I wear my Liverpool shirt. Somebody wants to talk to me about Liverpool. I extol the virtues of a great city, uh, the Wirral Peninsula, or Wirral Peninsula, a, a wonderful place where, you know, my formative years came from. I don't have any any qualms about talking to anybody about our country. I do, however, see that there are numbers of people who do not want the country to succeed. And how many of those are coming in without passports and how many of those are not of the same sort of people that you and I come from? I don't know. All I do know is that it's a damn shame. And Boris comes across very often as being a bumbling idiot. I don't think he is somehow. I think sometimes they just want to get rid of something because basically he can at least stand up to them in his own way, bumbling or otherwise. Oof, okay, I've got that out of the right, way. This is news at ten. <laughs> Vince Tracy. Well, Spain. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, you see, you don't see it here. I, I can't really comment. You know, I noticed that during lockdown, uh, a lot of people work from home, and they quite enjoyed that. You know, uh, it, and it's very difficult. A lot of them don't want to go back to work. You know, as well. But you see, I don't see that. I just go my own way. I can't really comment on. on I know that Boris. I mean, they don't. They don't look at what he's actually done. I'm not a fan of either either politics. I just. But you don't. They don't look what he's done. It's everything he hasn't done, and he's been drinking. They're looking for little faults. I mean, okay, he had a drink at Christmas, and it, you know, it it is. It's wrong. You know, why should he? What the argument is, why should he be able to do that when he's forbidden everyone else to do it? 
Um, but other people were doing it, weren't they? Of course they you were. Know, it's not as if everybody sat in their house because they had to. There was a lot going on, exactly what they were doing in the government. You see, I'm not saying it's right, but it's one thing and it's a Christmas. You know, that, That's what gets me. And Boris has done a lot. You know, Let I me mean, tell you something else, Don. While you were talking, it came to me in a blinding flash. Think about the times that you and I were brought up. The unions ruined the car industry around Merseyside. You think about it. Yeah, the the did, militants yeah. were trying to ruin Liverpool as a place. And therefore, it was another opportunity to uh, disfigure the image of Liverpool once again. I think there's something in what I believe now to be quite true. Um, there's a, a lot of people get caught up in politics without realising who they're associating with. I came out here just totally non-political. I've obviously studied over the years and I've done these podcasts now that help me to understand a lot more. All I do know is it's my remit in my own way and in my own uh, feelings that I represent the people of the country I come from and also the city where I come from as well. I try to do a nice job. I try to be nice with people and explain some of the things which, you know, um, we're being misrepresented with. I think there's a lot more going to come out of that story. So um, I think by the time we get to Monday, I think there'll be a few other things we can talk about. So, yeah. look, we're not the only country with problems. Uh, so let's go to this horrible, horrible event in America. The, the shooting of the, the school children. See, people in countries where guns are illegal can't comprehend the American viewpoint. I can't. You see, we don't have that here. We have the odd thing, you know. The odd, but over there... A lad of 18 can buy an automatic rifle which can shoot what so so many rounds a minute a second, you know, and it's it's legal. And you, then you get Trump standing up. Well, you know, we think it's uh, it's uh, it's okay. And you have these 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 gun associations meeting. I don't get it at all. You know what 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 I was watching it and I thought. These poor parents, you send your kiddie to school and the kiddie gets shot. It's uh, times 20 or whatever. You know, it, it just doesn't bear thinking about. And obviously these gun people don't, I've never experienced this. You know, they're, they're obviously because they, they believe guns are, are what count. And I don't get it at all. And I don't think the rest of the world does somehow. It was just absolutely atrocious. And, of course, they, they shoot the lad, kill him, who was doing the shooting. So that's it. You know, it, it, it you know, would have been better if he'd have lived and he'd have made him an example. You know, it put him in jail and made an example of him. I don't know. It's just awful. It was terrible to watch. And these poor, poor parents... And, and then you get uh, Trump comes on, you know, sort of trying to get his name up again. And, and it was just, I, I just don't get it at all. I don't know what you think about it. I think, look, the one thing that I think everybody is missing the, the, the boat on 
is like last night. I switched on the TV last night and uh, within two seconds, there were about 40 people being shot on one film. I turned over. There was another, another uh, mass killing. And You see, the trouble is, when you see the video games, when you see these, when you see the dark, deep internet that nobody seems to know anything about apart from the criminals, when you see that this is happening time and time again, we are making this planet planet a mess we we get a nice woman like mary whitehouse who tries her best to warn people that television is the big influence you you get good people trying to do good things to stop it and immediately they're they're shot down in flames metaphorically speaking by the media you know the trouble is you can't have your cake and eat it look at the rappers look at the the horrible stuff they talk about shooting, murdering, raping, pillaging all that sort of stuff um, I sent um, the, the words of songs to David Cameron I was so incensed by what was going on, these were the songs during the uh, the 80s that they were, well late 90s and, and, and onwards in Britain um, you know we come from a time when uh, boy meets girl has a love affair and a kiss and a cuddle and all this sort of stuff That's the, those are the songs that we come from these people are preaching violence and yet what do we get every day on the chase and these other quiz programs uh, uh, questions about rappers you've got rappers on TV you've got rubbish TV you've got people watching Johnny Depp when you've got the all these other big problems. You've got that sort of idiot thing. Rebecca Vardy and uh, Wayne Rooney's wife. Yeah. All is distraction. It's all distraction. So that people who want to do everybody really, really wicked and injustice can get on with what they're doing. That, to me, is how I see it. Sorry. Woof. Yeah, you're right, actually. You're right. It's... It... See, the media, I've always said the media have got a lot to answer for. I don't know who runs the media, but it, it's it, it's not news unless it's it's low life, you know, r killings and, and I, I don't know, everything's negative. We're moving backwards. We're actually moving backwards. We are. It's horrible. <laughs> this country, you know, and it's terrible. But this gun thing. It's it's hard to to believe, you know. But the, see, a lot of the Americans, I've I've been over there several times, and you know, the, the I like the Yanks. They're nice. They're nice people. But the, they're shallow. They don't know much about the rest of the world. A lot no, of them. That's true. You know, that that's the thing. They're very insular, and, and the ones I've met were lovely, lovely people. But you know that. And, and they're sort of shocked by all this, but nothing seems to be getting done about it over there. Well, it's to it's do a, with selling... It's to do with by cowboys. Hold on to that thought, <laughs> because it's all about selling weapons. That's really... You know, yeah, and, then, that, yeah. and then when you look at the media, you can trace everything to two companies. I don't know if you know this. There's a yeah, very powerful, powerful video that shows you um, I think Vanguard is one and BlackRock is the other. I can't remember the actual names, but, you know, the, you can clearly see everything is owned by a small group of people. They could stop all this because they've started all this. But anyway, let's go to, uh, all right, this is in the media, the BBC and something that happened. Oh, yeah, this is classic. I, I laugh my head off at this. There's the BBC now have news bulletins and underneath 
the, the presenter, they have rolling news which goes along the bottom of the screen. Now, <laughs> I didn't see this, but I saw it on Newswatch. So people were complaining about it. This woman's talking away, oh, blah, blah. And all this news is going past, you know, Boris Johnson's party. But, and then <laughs> Manchester United are rubbish. And that sort of went past. And somebody emailed in and said, what was all that about? And the BBC came up and said, oh, they've apologised, needless to say, the BBC. They've said that they were teaching, this is their excuse, they were teaching somebody, a lad or somebody, how to type out the rolling news so apparently he had a practice. <laughs> I typed that in. And it went, it went on the screen past everybody because nobody must have checked it. I thought that was really funny. And, of course, they're sort of saying, and, and the Manchester United fans are offended <laughs> by it. I mean, it's, it's banter anyway, isn't it? But I, I thought that was really funny. You know, you can imagine that lad you know, we'll type something in and try it, you know, see, see how you get on. <laughs> he types that in. It's just as well it was it was that and nothing worse, wasn't it? But uh, it's a but wonder. It, went, it, it went straight on the telly and underneath the news. It, it, it's, it's a wonder they don't have a, a, a subsequent news item. A Liverpool fan who was with the BBC being trained how to use the auto oh, cue. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, they, they, they certainly... Um, and they always have the answer, you know, as long as they apologise. It's like really a lot of crime at the moment. As long as somebody apologises, they expect to get away with it. The yeah. trouble is society's values, Don, they are up the creek. And at the moment, nobody is offering a paddle. And uh, that is a bit of an aside. It's funny. Uh, let's be honest about it. It's also accurate uh, for this season. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've got uh, Manchester United fans who have been distraught all year, you know, uh, but a lot of money is involved and um, they'll come bouncing back because they are big hitters in the in the world of football. So, you know, don't be don't be surprised at the spend and don't be surprised if they don't come back uh, anywhere near where they thought they'd be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, but see, football is is people's life some people they live and die by the game so I'm not like that you see I, I, it's just a game of football to me I enjoy watching it I used to play it but you, you know they, they, they got they get too wrapped up in it all you know to be upset and and as I say I told you when I worked in Bootle there were there were staunch Evertonians in Bootle and this fellow was telling me he said you know when Everton lose and I said, we all sit around the table and nobody speaks and we turn their picture to the wall. <laughs> you know, I thought, well, there you go. I mean, nothing wrong with it. But to me, you know, it's just a game of football with fellas getting highly paid for kicking the ball around the field. You know, that's basically it, isn't it? But, well, uh, you know, then again, there you uh, go. Again, so who, you am see, well, who am I to decide? Again, Don, you see, I, I would offer uh, the other thought that during the pandemic and subsequent events that have been uh, ongoing, it's great because they can use football even more powerfully and globally now, uh, so they can uh, totally and utterly distract people every day of the week, and basically football is now the new god. 
you know, uh, of course it isn't. Yeah, I mean, it I, is. I, yeah, I, that's, that's but right. but this this is uh, at the behest of other countries. So you know, Chinese syndicates um, offering uh, you know yeah. offering the thought again. Look at the hoardings going around the boards. I don't know what they're saying. Um, I don't speak Indian and I don't speak um, Chinese fluently. You know, I mean, it's basically um, that they could be given any kind of message. I don't know. They must be monitored, but otherwise, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody wakes up one day and uh, says that every time there was a football match, there was a message that was going around the ground telling everybody what um, it sh- should have been known by everybody. I mean, I've just read yesterday that apparently the RAF and the Royal Navy will be offering support to Qatar during the World Cup. I didn't know, but apparently the Royal Air Force has a nav- as a squadron which is uh, uh, between, used to operate between the two countries. Uh, we sell them. The U- British government sells loads of armament to Qatar. You can clearly see why we're being played uh, for fools when all the football is now, you know, everybody's watching the football. So then the next thing is it's in Qatar, which, of course, is nothing to do with our season. So we all stop playing football and the national teams go and play the World Cup in a roasting hot country where probably you'll have some sort of activity going on which shouldn't be going on. And uh, before we know where we are, we'll be embroiled in another problem. I mean, realistically, it's nonsensical to play a World Cup in Qatar. It's far too hot, you know, and to stop everybody's season throughout the the European countries, uh, they're disrupting our way of life. And that, I think, is probably an accuracy of where it's all being aimed at. It's to disrupt the British way of life, the European way of life. Um, The Americans are taking over British football clubs. So we're now, you know, we're going to be introduced to little breaks where we all eat popcorn and we watch the cheerleaders. And I mean, to be honest with you, it's so obvious. uh, And yet I've seen a couple of good articles that do express these thoughts. Look at the Americans coming in. You've got Chelsea. Okay. The British government knew that Roman Abramovich might have earned his money through uh, activities in Siberia. That was known by everybody. If I can find it out, other people can find it out. Why didn't the British government do anything about it? Because it suited them. All the money that was coming in, Russian money to go into Chelsea. Now, uh, they've decided to punish him uh, because he's a friend of Putin. So what's he really done? Well, we don't know. Nobody really knows. But he's lost his fortune through Chelsea because the British government decided that that was one way to punish Putin. I don't really think it was that fair, but that's me. Uh, Having said that, I'm not against it because at the end of the day, anything to stop the war will be good. But uh, we then come to the sale of Chelsea. So we've got all these... Um, bodies that have suddenly found each other's uh, hearts and start working together. And uh, one of the uh, consortia has two brothers. I think they're called the Candy Brothers who made their fortunes with selling uh, clothing and everything. They are the staunchest Chelsea fans, from what I read, um, about, you know, they're the ones that know everything about the club, know the history of the club, want to manage the club and do well for the community. But no, where do we go to? 
This is the British government interfering and it's now going to Americans. If it ever comes out that America's interfering has caused more problems than Russia or China, although I doubt if that will be the case, but I think they've been causing problems, um, we've now got numbers of football clubs. Newcastle owned by um, the, the Arabs. Uh, Manchester City owned by the Arabs. Liverpool owned by the Americans. Chelsea now owned by the Americans. Arsenal, I think that's um, Arabs money again. I mean, you know, don't tell me it's British football. It isn't British football. Where are the British players? Out of every team, you've probably only got about three or four players. Go back to what the Basque country do. I don't know if you know Atletico de Bilbao. You've got to be a Basque You've got to be a Basque person to play for that football club. And that's the reason I am not a mad football fan. That's yeah. a, You've hit the nail right on the head. I've always said Liverpool should have play, people from Liverpool playing. Like an Everton, Liverpool. See, it should be local players. Yeah. That would make more sense to me. Yeah. Because to yeah. buy, all you're doing is buying success. You're bringing in these big players like Grealish, 100 million or something. Yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Mind you, he is, he is English, I suppose. But see, that, that's the trouble. It, it would be much more interesting if it, and it used to be more that way when I was a kid. And, you know, local teams had local players, yeah. you know, which would make a lot of sense. You know? And also, when you when you reflect onto the national team, the fact that the national team maybe have not won as much as it should have done, really, is possibly. Look at the Premier League. Um, Liverpool play, we have uh, Alec, Trent Alexander and Curtis Jones. I think they're the only two Liverpudlians who are actually in the team at the moment. Um, Manchester, have they got... Yeah, Foden's from Manchester, isn't he? You know, an odd one here and there. But as you say, you see, you are right. The dangerous thing is globalisation. That's what the problem yeah. is. And, you know, um, you know, we're getting all these new diseases coming in. Um, well, you know, when you've got people coming from all around the world and there's no sort of uh, restrictions, then don't be surprised if the, the problems that come with those people are, are things that, you know, we, we are allegedly, we have germs in our bodies that say stay dormant all our lives. So, you know, we're just mixing everything up again, aren't we? At the behest of money. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, yeah. Documentaries next. Right. Well, Vince Tracy goes and sits in the corner and puts a cold sponge on his head <laughs> and his second. I need it. Wets him with a towel <laughs> while he calms down. <laughs> we'll talk about a documentary. Um, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I, I do this with you, Vince. You don't have to get a lot off your chest, mate. I do, don't I? <laughs> it gives, gives me a chance to go and make a cup of tea. <laughs> well, I mean, nah, the thing is, it's. You're a, right. It, it's, right, it is right. a nice way to look at things because you're basically right. I don't like the newscasters just telling me what to think. And I think <laughs> this helps me because, you know, when other people see things that we see or don't see and then you can offer a suggestion, it's healthy. I'll go back to my yeah. towel and my sponge. <laughs> yeah, I watched, <laughs> I watched a documentary on the 40 years since ABBA packed up the group ABBA. And it was very interesting. I don't know if you saw it. What you, it, it doesn't seem 40 years. 
they always seem to have been there, Abba. They never seem to have gone away. But they packed in. And it was very interesting. Did you watch it? I didn't. It was, but I, it was I, I have seen yeah, I have seen things on Abba. Oh, it was fascinating. What you don't realise is that it, it was tragic. Uh, Anna Freed, um, when they packed up, she made a few records, uh, which she she thought were going to be hits, and they weren't. So she she went uh, a bit depressed, and ended up she married this prince, um, this French, was he French, a French prince or a German prince, and she was happy. And he had a couple of daughters, and one of the daughters died in a car crash. And, and so she went downhill. She went really depressed. And then her husband died at 49. He was only young. You know, like I'm, I'm the tragic uh, tragedy of this poor girl, Anna Freed, which nobody really knew about. And then the other girl, uh, the blonde one, Agneta, she, she had problems with fame. You know, it, it, she she couldn't handle fame, which I've always said is it's a fame bad news. Anyway, she she bought an island um, and lived on her own on this island as a recluse. I think she had a son, and, and this this stalker built a little shack on the island and was stalking her. And it, what I couldn't understand was he ended up moving in and living with her. And anyway, she ended up falling out with him or whatever. But when you look at this, and then they're back together now. So you've had 40 years. And what what you're watching on it is Abba as they were. And now when you see them now, you think, God, blimey. You know, they've really aged. And some better than others. Yeah. And you think, like, you know, where did those 40 years go for a start? And they're going to... Do, I think they're doing it now. This concert, they're going to have themselves um, computerized as they were with the new song. I must say, I'm not mad keen on some of the new songs that I've heard, but uh, I thought they were fantastic. Abba. And, and when when you look at them, but that program, I was it's gone for an hour and a half. I was glued to it. It was things you just didn't know, you know, about them. It was fantastic, and because they divorced. The two blokes, the two blokes in Abba divorced the two girls and then they went on their own. And I remember Agneta making an album and it was very good. Yeah. I thought it was very good. In fact, I downloaded some of it and uh, good songs. But, you know, she, she got involved with Gary Barlow. He was he was trying to write her stuff. I don't think she wanted to know. And it, it was it was fascinating. If you get a chance to see it. I will I do. Thought, oh. I will do, Dom, because I like the music. Uh, I like the fact that they were a sort of... They they didn't try and sell uh, sensual, provocative movement. They they sold uh, something near beauty, if you like, because the girls did look very nice. Um, Yeah, I I can say that I'm a fan of their music. I think that, like a lot of people, um, you you know, you you listen to some DJs talking about it being cheesy and this, that and the other. It wasn't cheesy. It was good, solid, good pop, wasn't it? When you watch this, it's like it's it's totally new to you because you you sort of see Abba and you've never seen to have gone away. You know, they're always there. Great stuff. I loved them. And... But you know, when you watch this, it, it goes deep into the sort of the, the separation of the band. It was it was incredible. 
I was watching, I thought, I just, I couldn't believe what I was watching, half of it. Mm. It was terrible, and the tragedy yeah. of Anna Freed, you know, and, and it was, it's really worth watching. You'd really enjoy it. I will and do. It'd, it'd educate you as to them, you know. Yeah. And there, yeah. there was, there was saying uh, that, that, that um, one of the guys in, in one of the rock bands, um, what was his name? Uh, he was in Deep Purple. The, the, the lead guitarist in Deep Purple. Jimmy Page, was, was it? Richie Blackmore. Richie Blackmore, yeah. Okay. Richie Blackmore. And he's a right one, you know. And they were asking him, someone said, they asked Richie Blackmore who's his favourite band. And he said, because um, this other thing, because mine's Abba. And he said, well, actually, so's mine. Heavy <laughs> 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 rock guitar. But watch that programme if you can get it. I it will do. 40, I will do. Years. 40 years of uh, the 40 years between ABBA, it's something to do with that. In fact, you'll find it on catch up. It really, really fascinating. Mm. You know, it, it, it completely took me by surprise. Well, I loved it. What yeah. also took me by surprise was your choice of the week for the music, because quite honestly, the song that you chose when it first came out was bizarre. I think that's the word to use bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And then you've taken it to new heights by the video side of it. So tell us who it is and what the song's called, please. Right. The song, I found this. Uh, I was looking for the bad songs. And I, I remember the original of um, the coming to take me away. Ha ha. Yeah. Napoleon, Napoleon the, the 21st or 24th or something like that. Napoleon the yeah. 14th. Yeah. Napoleon anyway. Yeah. So I thought, I wonder if anyone else has made this. And I found this one by a young lady called uh, Sloppy Jane. <laughs> Great name, Sloppy Jane. Well, that's actually the name of the band. I I, I was following it up, and oh, I don't know. I yeah, don't it's know. a punk. It's a punk band. Oh well, it's a girl singer, isn't it? Yeah. Called, I, I just took it. It was her, Sloppy Jane, and uh, I couldn't believe it because it sounded very much like Yoko Ono, only not quite as bad as Yoko Ono. So, um, you know, they're coming to take me away. I mean, the song, really, uh, I suppose it's, it's, a, it's a joke song, but it's, it's, it's absolutely well, awful. It was awful when it came out, and this, yeah. this punk band with the, your lead singer has taken it to new depths. So, <laughs> so Dom, <laughs> would you do me the favour of introducing your record of the week? Ladies and gentlemen... My worst record of the week choice is They're Coming to Take Me Away, Ha Ha, by Sloppy Jane. They're coming to take me away, ha ha, they're coming to take me away. 